Bay, the podcast for all life and love forms of Acadia Bay and beyond. I'm your host Martin, as known, it's me Maxine. This fifth episode called Animations is about the following topics. An interview with Nicefield about his wonderful animations. One Life is Strange fan who wrote his dissertation on video ethics by interviewing players and examining the game and its choices. A psychological game podcast where I understand the basics behind my love to Life is Strange as part of the walking sim genre. How I learned about strong women in photography that are sadly missing a Life is Strange. And how Life is Strange showed us a glimpse of what women all over the world are currently facing and what they are fighting for full control and self-determination over their body and the right for legal and safe abortions. Sure, all in the context of Life is Strange and Life is Strange True Colors. In the next podcast, I try to interview Esbel, which the, was the second on the poll for my next interview partner, and he is already interested. I hope I can interview him shortly. Kudos again to Riley Hawk for letting me use her Life is Strange inspired music for the podcast. This is the first time I commissioned a new picture for this episode and it's a surprise from interview partner Nicefield. And he doesn't know until now. It's from the wonderful Topia. Uh, I think it's um, pronounced Tobaya, but I'm not sure. I asked her, so I think I hope it, I did it right. It was wonderful working with her and she did such a great job. I hope Nicefield would like it. The main cover art of the podcast will remain unchanged. It's still from the young and upcoming artist Olya Rue. At the moment she pursues other priorities like studying. Some things up front. Nicefield agreed on being interviewed by replying in text form to my questions. So you will hear my voice instead of his. I totally understand that and I respect his decision. For ease of use, I will read his answers from a first-person perspective, with quote on, quote off. So don't get confused, they are not my opinions or answers, they all belong to Nicefield. And if you wondered why it marked this episode as explicit, it is because we also talked briefly about his not-safe-for-work count and art. The other reason is that I will mention some podcasts in the news section which will touch the topics of abortion and abortion rights. So thanks for being my interview guest and welcome Nicefield to this podcast episode. So I begin with the questions now. What name should I use in the podcast when talking about you? Quote on. My name is Douglas. You can call me Doug. Some friends on Discord call me Doggo. Lol. <laughs> Quote off. Please give a short introduction of yourself. Quote on. I'm 30 years old, from Sweden and work in IT. Animation has just been a hobby, but I want to get into the gaming industry eventually. I used to make Flash games for fun years ago. Quote off. I start with questions about Life is Strange. How and when you got into the video game uh, franchise Life is Strange? What was so special about it for you? What was your special aha or life-changing moment during the game or afterwards related to Life is Strange? Quote on. I randomly watched PewDiePie play Life is Strange on YouTube in 2017. I was only casually watching at first, but eventually I got completely hooked by the game. By episode 3 I was totally invested into the story. 
In hindsight, I regret not playing the game myself first. Obviously, at the time, I had no idea how much the game would mean to me. It's hard to say why Life is Strange has such a big effect on me. I've been obsessed with it for three years now, lol. It's just a masterful blend of everything I like in video games with a great emotional story. I admit it's not perfect, but it's still my favorite game of all time. Quote of. So most people get into the fandom and community after a while. How and when did you get into the fandom? What do you like the most about the fandom? On what platforms are you usually around to get new input or get involved? And what kind of fandom input you like the most and why? Quote on. After the emotional gut punch of the endings of Life is Strange, I thought out all fan art I could find of Max and Chloe. I just wanted to see them happy together. I started making my own fan art late 2017. My first Life is Strange render was Max and Chloe looking at New Year's fireworks posted just in time for New Year's Eve. I like how passionate and loving the fandom is. People love these characters so much and I'd feel completely lost if there wasn't a huge online fandom. I'd feel so alone. So I'm just thankful the Life is Strange community is still alive. Like this podcast, for example. I absolutely love that you are running a Life is Strange podcast. I'm on Discord and Reddit, but mostly on Twitter. What I like the most from the fandom is the fan art and honestly mostly the 2D fan art. I wish I could draw too. Smiley. Quote of. Thanks, that's very nice of you, Doug. But without you and all the great fan art, there wouldn't be this podcast. I can't believe that you have started almost the same time as me with Life is Strange. I felt that your fan art was there already from the beginning, which in case is true for me. So we will touch on the subject of fan art, where a lot of fans express themselves. It's surely known you are famous for uh, SFM animations, source filmmaker animations. How you got into animations? Why SFM? I'm not a nerd, so you can keep it in general. When did you start Life is Strange animations? What are your projects and how is it currently going? What was your favorite piece and why? Quote on. Life is Strange is what inspired me to learn 3D. I wanted to make a Life is Strange fan art, so I just gave it a try. I'd heard that SFN was easy to learn and seemed popular for this kind of fan art. I only did pictures at first, but after a few months I started getting into animation. At the moment I'm picking up two projects that I started working on two years ago, but never finished. I hope to finish them this summer. After that I'm going to stop using SFM and move on to a more advanced 3D program like Blender. It's hard to say a favorite piece, but I'm really proud of the cinematic poster I made. I have it printed on the wall right next to me. I'm also really proud of the butterfly effect animation. It even got retweeted by the official Life is Strange account. Quote off. I personally love the Halloween scare videos the most, obviously, as it's also credited in the new fan art by Topia for this episode. By the way, I will link all mentions and references in the show notes. What genres, fandoms or ships or anything else in animations or fanfics do you prefer? Sure we know you prefer Pricefield. Was there anything new or unexpected you discovered when getting into animations and what stuck out the most? Are there any limitations or no goals for you, like specific themes? Quote on. 
Obviously, I love Pricefield, but I'm almost obsessed with Catradora. Catradora. I love the Shira reboot. I've learned how difficult it is to animate and have an incredible respect for animators who have to create entire movies. Same goes for Foley artists. It's an incredible, time-consuming job adding audio to every little thing. Quote off. Oh, would I have known that before? Then the commission may have been different. Because I reserved one already commissioned art with a Shira crossover already for an upcoming cosplay episode. <laughs> I have to admit that I think I only know you doing so elaborate SFM fan animations for Life is Strange. Is there an animations community? Also specifically for Life is Strange? How's the community and maybe you can drop some names or maybe a place where you can find some. How long will it take to create approximately a video like, uh, for instance, the Halloween scare video? Quote on. I'm in several Discord servers with uh, other fellow animators. Guys like Cringe Lord, R3 Tios, Delirious SFM and Johnson Terminal also makes list renders or animations. The first Halloween scare video took three days to make. I was in a rush because I got the idea three days before Halloween and had to finish it in time. <laughs> Quote off. Getting to the NSFW, short for not safe for work stuff you made. When and how did you get the idea of making NSFW videos of Life is Strange? What are the reactions? How was it for you to completely separate the two parts of your art? Quote on. I did a few not safe for work images pretty early on, but my main focus was safe for work stuff, at the time anyway. In 2019 I started working on a lengthy animation that turned into a 5 minute video. That was my first video on Pornhub and it got um, 100,000 views in 3 weeks. I get unbelievable kind comments on my videos. More than once I've gotten the comment that my videos are more art than porn which I take as a huge compliment. I really want to keep my not safe for work stuff separated. I don't even mention it on my safe for work counts. I keep it family friendly there, smiley. I also keep in mind that don't nod is watching me. Ha ha ha. Quote off. Duck, I don't think that anyone from don't nod or Square Enix is listening to that podcast, so you are safe. <laughs> Concerning feedback and input from the community. How is the feedback to your videos? And are there any exceptions? How is Patreon and your shop doing? Are there any specific things you do when creating animations or gathering new ideas? How does it feel when you see memes of your videos or art and that you are a real institution and have a big fan base? Quote on. The feedback I get is usually incredibly kind and heartfelt. But there have been times where I dropped the ball and the animation was subpar in a video. The criticism in those videos get sticks with me a lot more than the compliments. The Patreon and shop are doing fine. I've considered adding a stretch goal on Patreon at a certain amount where I quit my job and animate full time. I love seeing memes based on my videos and pics. It's so much fun seeing those as rare as they are. I let people download my videos and do whatever they want with them. A couple of people called me a celebrity the other day. Ha ha ha. 
I don't feel like I'm popular or well-known in general, so it's always weird when that happens, but I take it as a compliment. Quote off. As an anecdote to that, I can remember in the beginning of my time on the Life is Strange fans Discord server, when Nicefield was on the chat and some, I think, new person just saw his remarks and could literally see that they double-checked if he was the real Nicefield. You can check that because you can link your Twitter account in Discord, which had to be authenticated first. And the person was totally overwhelmed, like a groupie standing in front of the celebrity and typed something like, Oh my God, you are the real nice field and you talk to me. <laughs> I think it's legit to throw a critical eye on Life is Strange, always keeping in mind when the game was developed and with the commercial limitations in mind. What topics are missing or could have been developed more? Now there's women of color with the new Life is Strange two colors. What do you think if some topics related to that will be challenged and how? Like, uh, for instance, in Life is Strange 2. Are there any taboos or red lines in the fandom? Quote on. Wow, you are really trying to make me criticize Life is Strange? Well, Max's reasons for not contacting Chloe for five years could have been explored more. Chloe never asked Max about that. I was talking to someone who said Chloe would never truly forgive Max for not contacting her at all those years. I don't entirely agree, but I can understand her reasoning. I love Alex Chan already. I don't think True Colors will explore race and racism nearly as much as Life is Strange 2 did. I don't think her being Asian American will play a big part in the story, but I could be wrong about that. In any case, I think it's great that True Colors plays a part normalizing Asian-American leads in the video game industry. As far as I can tell, the biggest taboo in the fandom is sacrificing Chloe. LOL. Quote off. This reminds me totally of Diane Hutton, the voiceover actor of Kate, and Ashley Birch, the voiceover actor of Chloe, which made the statement in the last reunion video that they sacrificed Chloe in her first playthrough, also known as the Bay ending and ducked before all others and the fans. <laughs> what do you think what impact Life is Strange had and will have on the gamers community? What is your guess how games and fan art will be received outside the bubble by society in the future? Quote on. I think Life is Strange helped boost the popularity of thoughtful, story-driven games and also showed the wide appeal that a female lead game can have. Don't Nod famously had trouble finding a publisher because the lead character was a woman. To Don't Nod's credit, they fought for that idea and got rejected several times until they approached Square Enix. The rest is history. I think games and the subsequent fan art will be more accepted and more normalized in the future. There will be no longer a discussion about whether or not games are art. I think games are one of the truest forms of art. Case in point, life is strange. Quote off. Sure, everyone is excited about the new upcoming Life is Strange True Colors game in September. There's already a lot of discussion ongoing on the Discord server. What are your expectations and what are you looking forward the most in Life is Strange True Colors and the remastered version of Life is Strange and Before the Storm? Quote on. I'm looking forward to a good story with plot twists and surprises in True Colors. I'm not entirely sure what to expect when it comes to the powers in True Colors, 
I hope they use it in a cool, creative way. With the remasters, I'm just looking forward to seeing the beautiful improved graphics, especially the lip syncing. The lip syncing in the original games was pretty bad. I wouldn't mind changing some of the dialogue too, but that probably won't happen. Quote off. Concerning Life is Strange, or maybe even aside from that, what are your future plans and projects? Are there any other topics you want to focus on in the future? Quote on. I just keep doing what I do. I haven't been tired of doing animations yet. Ha ha ha. Quote off. So we are reaching the end of the show and is there anything you want to say to the community, give advice for potential fans or anything you want to share? Quote on. Thank you for being a part of the community and keeping it alive. I hope Life is Strange keeps inspiring fellow artists to create art, fanfics, animations, music and cosplay for years to come. Quote off. Where can your art be found? How can you be contacted? Quote on. I'm on a ton of sites. You can find me on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram and Facebook, to name a few. Quote off. So thanks for being my interview partner and giving insight into the fandom and your view of it. Have a good evening. Bye, Martin. I will put the link to his appropriate profiles in the show notes. Thanks to R3 sending in his questions via Discord. I hope they were answered to your satisfaction by Doug. Now some news concerning topics where Life is Strange is involved. On the Life is Strange fans Discord server, I saw one user giving a hint that he finished his dissertation on virtue ethics for his Bachelor of Arts in Theology and Religious Studies by interviewing players and examining the game and its choices. I remember that he searched for interviewers on the server time before. I asked him and he said he would love to see the mentioning of his thesis on this podcast. It's astounding that this game has this wide range of impact and inspires people in so many ways discussing this fundamental ethical principles. He said it took him about a year to research all the backgrounds, mythology and making the interviews. I wish him all the best and may there be many future papers involving Life is Strange and other games. Now for some podcasts I've heard on the way where I see personally some connections to Life is Strange. They are mostly in German, except the last one, The Choice Project, about abortion rights, which is mostly in English depending on the episode. First one is a wonderful psychological games podcast called Behind the Screens where I understand the basics behind my love to Life is Strange as part of the walking sim genre. In this episode, they talk about the psychological effects of the so-called walking simulator genre, which name is mostly intended as a bad pun on games falling in that section. For lack of a better alternative, two scientists proposed the term ambience action game. I know that Life is Strange is not strictly falling into that category, but some people put it there to play down the experience of the player and the story and emotions you got to experience. Mostly because you don't really have to solve any kind of riddles or don't need to fight. You only need to make some decisions, which even are not that impactful, so some would say. What I learned is that this kind of games are more happening in the head of the player 
and mostly there's no direct action needed, so that you have more time to let the environment, the music, the sounds, the story and the characters having an impact on you. Maybe it's more for introvert people like me, or to the fact that you can mostly relax and don't need to make real-time decisions, so that you don't die or need to make sure to have the right items. Even Life is Strange is a mixture of a lot of genres. I like the fact that you have a limited world you can explore and have these moments of calm. If you are interested why I also like Life is Strange so much, you can listen to the first episode where I tell my story. The second podcast is Her Story, in German, about strong women in history. I listened to the special episode about women in photography, which was done in cooperation with the podcast Photomenschen, uh, something like People in Photography. In Life is Strange, some famous photographers are mentioned, either by Max, Victoria or Mr. Jefferson, during school and there are also books shown in class and in Max's room. The only famous woman in photography I remember in Life is Strange is Diane Arbus, which is mentioned by Victoria by answering a question from Mark Jefferson, who is then making his famous quote, which I will not go into deeper at this time, to not spoil anything. When talking to Evan about his portfolio, Max can mention Robert Kappa referencing the famous Falling Soldier photograph. Nevertheless, there's never mentioned his romantic and business partner and also famous photographer Gerda Taro. Through research and some new found photos, it's clear that some work which has been referenced to Robert is eventually done by Gerda. There are also other women mentioned in the podcast and I highly recommend it to check these out. I wish Don't Not would have been more progressive and inclusive in terms of photography. The third topic is about the fight for women to have the right to choose for themselves to do legal, safe and free abortions. One podcast is this Choice Project in English and German about abortion rights and political protest in different countries. Each episode interviews activist groups in a different country, what the situation is like and what the current projects and fights are. The other is the German podcast Maria und der Paragraph about the history of the legal abortion rights paragraph 218 in Germany. They also have a physical exhibition which can be viewed virtually online also. In Life is Strange this topic is not explicitly mentioned but indirectly through the conversation and findings with Dana when Max talks to her. It's only confirmed that Dana was pregnant but is not sure what happened if she miscarried or did an abortion. This could have been explored more in Life is Strange, but I think it was good to bring up this topic at all. I think there are not much games that are talking about these issues. And they are real and should be brought up in sex education and other school subjects. This episode will come to an end now. Next week I will talk with Gagudon on the Life is Strange fans Discord server about his mental health initiative Forgotten Youth and about the protagonist Alex Chen of the upcoming Life is Strange True Colors. In the next full-time episode, I will interview Esbel, the famous Unreal Engine animator, bringing us back Max and Chloe in such a realistic way, it's almost unbelievable. You can send in your questions for Esbel via email or Twitter to me. 
Of course, you can also send me wishes for future interviews and topics. All my contacts are in the link tree Life After Bay, which I'll link in the show notes. The next episode is planned for the last Sunday of June. Thanks for listening to my podcast and spread the word. See you soon in and around Acadia Bay. Yours truly, Martin.